Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of the TV Black Box, the footy reporter who went from hero to zero in just 24 hours. Exclusive, the amazing race becomes the latest victim of COVID as big changes are made to keep the production going. And some great news for fans of the ABC's TV show, Bluey. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello and welcome to the TV Black Box podcast. I'm Rob McKnight and tonight we are joined in the big house by Mulk, Aaron, Philip, Robbo and Sarah. And Sarah, just before we started recording, we lost you because the lightning is striking behind you. You are in the path of the storm. Yeah, there's tornadoes all around us. So if I do go, I love you all. Yes. And we you. Um, so if Sarah, if Sarah disappears, what are your final words and what uh, do I get in the will? Um, well, I don't really have anything. Um, and um, <laughs> my last words would be somebody should have given me a fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into it because the final whistle has blown for Fox Sports reporter Tom Morris. It comes after sensational audio was leaked of Morris making some pretty disrespectful comments about a female co-worker. Have a listen. Unfortunately, she's a lesbian, lads. Megan Barnard, fucking hot as, and a great bird. Like, good fun, good to talk to. Like, my view, the hottest girl at Fox by a long way. But, unfortunately... Yep, she's got a liquor licence and she's very, very good at it. After an internal investigation, Fox News terminated the reporter's employment. The female presenter at the centre of the storm, Megan Bernard, has thanked people for their support. Tom Morris has issued an apology calling his actions both disgusting and disgraceful. Now, look, it was an extraordinary 24 hours for Morrison, who made national headlines before the leaked audio after Western Bulldogs coach Luke Beveridge had a spray at him during a press conference over his reporting, which was actually correct. His reporting was correct. Most of the media sided with Morris over the treatment by Beveridge at the time, but it would be fair to say, Mulk, the tide turned when this audio was released. Yeah, I... I half-jokingly tweeted that uh, for Tom Morris's next trick, he's going to show us how to destroy his uh, career in 36 hours. Um, that's pretty much what happened. Uh, yeah. And and look, it was outrageous, the stuff that he said. I acknowledge that it was in a, a private chat with some of his mates. I don't think that makes it any better at all. Um, uh, I think 
without wanting to dwell on him because that that's bad news and he is damn right that it was disgraceful and disgusting what he said i think the grace shown by megan barnard in response to the comments uh and the way that she has carried herself yeah. through this has been absolutely incredible and admirable it's amazing that she's got uh the group of friends and and such around her that are helping her as she said in her own uh message that um if this had happened 12 months ago she wouldn't have been able to handle it as well as this so like full credit to her, uh, and also in no small part, congratulations to Foxtel for acting as quickly as they did and not umming and ahhing about whether or not to keep Morris employed. Yeah, look, he, he deserves everything he got. You can't say stuff like that. Um, the one thing I wonder, looking at this, is can there ever be a story of redemption, Robbo? Um, this guy's been caught out pretty big time, and. The way he was speaking and his behaviour, no one's ever going to defend that. Um, But will he be given the opportunity to learn from it and try again? Or do people now just want to see him broke and destitute with no job for the rest of his life? Unfortunately, I think that might be the case. Uh, People love to go for blood, but they're less inclined, I think, to... Uh, let them kind of have that redemption story. I think that, yeah, what he did was was gross and it wasn't appropriate. Um, and But should he be then out of the industry for the rest of his life? I don't think he should be. Uh, I, you know, I think he did the right thing by apologising. I think Fox did the right thing by, uh, you know, sacking him. Uh, should he never work again? No, he should work again. Um and obviously, if he does the same thing again, then 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 he's out. I think. But I think everyone deserves a second chance. He was quick to apologise, uh, you know, and he has to do his time, I guess. But that should be what it is, and he should be allowed to work again for sure. Yeah, Rob, I agree. I think that there has to be a redemption opportunity for everybody that makes a mistake, uh, and and part of that redemption has to be owning what went on. So there's a hard road ahead of uh, that young journalist to prove. Honestly, and and this is the difficulty with a high-profile gig, to prove to everyone that you have changed, that you have understood why what you did was poor and how to, you know, step back into that. That's not a, oh, and he got a job two weeks later at another network. That's not redemption or, or a shot at redemption. That's just, I got a gig. You know, you've really got to put the effort in. And and the size of the apology and the redemption is directly proportional to the size of the indiscretion. His life will never be the same. It will always, as will hers, by the way. Please don't think I'm ignoring the victim in all this. Um, She's been brought into the spotlight uh, with unwanted attention uh, to be the person at the centre of this thing uh, just because someone else said some stuff about you. Um, But my point being that uh, this will hit him pretty hard, you should imagine, unless he's got no soul, and I don't think that's the case. Uh, it will hit him pretty hard. He will have already learned some lessons that, you know, there are times in our life we think we're untouchable and we don't think about our actions or the things we say. And sometimes you have to get knocked down to be able to pick yourself up and be a better person. And it should hit him hard, Rob. Yeah, he did I a agree. horrendous thing. Absolutely. So it, it's, it's going no to take argument. a lot of work on his part to, mm. to work his way back into the public's good graces if he wants a public role again. Yep, no argument from me on that. He's a man, he'll be fine, give him a year, he'll come back, all the men do. Do you do you think that's true, Sarah? Yeah, all the men come. I mean, Mike Tyson came back. Men men fuck up all the time and, you know, they 
they take a week off or a month or a year now, maybe, because, you know, we're taking longer and longer. But, I mean, even Louis C.K. is back on tour. All men get redemption. It's only women that are permanently outed. Can't women have redemption? No. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, I was about to say that. Well, she was suspended, but she wasn't fired. And I'm surprised that she ever made it back after the whole it's not rape rape comment because I gave up on her after that. But There has also been a case, obviously, over here in Perth with Ben Cousins. He's now on his 34th chance, I think. And he, <laughs> he's uh, now got a weekly spot on 7, back on 7 News. Um, so, I mean, I think it's great giving people, like, chances to come back because, you know, you only can better yourselves. You can't just be stuck in you know, a hole forever. I mean, you have, you have to come back. The only thing I, I just wanted to add to this is the comments were completely inappropriate. So that's it on that. I just feel a little bit icky, the fact that, that it, was, it was in a private WhatsApp group and it was leaked. I mean, I sometimes think where is the balance there between private and public yep. and then consequences that occur based on, on, on a private discussion? I can just imagine some, you know, private discussions that I've had with people. I mean, if they were public, I mean, I'd probably be shamed but i mean isn't that the point of a private discussion that you can have with i don't know but he's just... in a bit he's in a business where he reports on private conversations and and personal things about people i i don't i, I don't buy that argument at all i'm not saying uh, it's excusable in any shape or but i'm just saying something inside me just felt a little bit icky that it was like that that it was in a private group and and that it was leaked. well it was like ubergate where the stefanovics were on yeah. speakerphone and the guy recorded it and then you know sold it i mean to yeah. me he you know, remembered yeah. it all. He didn't record it, Sarah. Mm. He remembered it all. Yeah, it would yes. have been illegal to record and sell it. Mm. Well, COVID-19 continues to cause problems for local productions, including now tens The Amazing Race. The shooting schedule has had to accommodate isolation and infection while overseas shooting the latest series. As first reported by TV Black Box, Scott Tweedy has been brought in to cover hosting duties while Bo Ryan isolates. The network insists filming of the season has not been impacted. You know, Aaron, uh, I've got to say, uh, I feel sorry for the people working on this show. COVID is a bitch, um, but my intel seems to suggest they had a backup plan. They had always um, had the plan B if things did happen on the set. It looks as though they've had to enact that. Yeah, absolutely. It it feels like the end of 2020 was going to be the end of COVID, right? And then it crept into 2021 and it's still affecting a lot of shows. Mm. Um, but Scott Tweedy is an awesome replacement, a perfect choice, I, I believe. Um, and I think it was right to swap out the hosts rather than, than shut down production for that time because you never know what's going to happen next week. Maybe it's going to be a contestant in three weeks. You just mm. need to try to carry on. And I think 10 probably it was the right choice to put someone else in. And Scott Tweedy's perfect. Yeah. It's, it's part of doing business now, isn't it, Mark, that you've got to have these backup plans? Well, you certainly need to have a COVID coordinator in any production these days. And and I think part of the challenge, what has presented itself for The Amazing Race, is that that person is either working overtime or they're absent. Um, it's it's really caused some chaos. And in fact, as, we've, um, as we published that story and got clarification from 10 around it, you know, it, talk about um, other people dealing in secrets. We've had all sorts of people line up tips and hearsay about what's mm. actually going on, including the suggestion there's no, we, we can't confirm this, but the suggestion that the production is shut down for 72 hours um, to try and sort this out and to work it through and that, that crew 
are just walking away from gigs uh, because of the COVID issue. Now, we don't know if that's the case, but certainly for um, the the production of The Amazing Race to have to Australia to have to deal with this and deal with this in a foreign country makes it a real handful when it comes to making a TV show. Look, I'm certainly not going to have a go at anyone who's trying to make a show under these tough conditions. And if they did have to shut down for 72 hours, that is part of trying to deal with a tough situation. Um, I don't think there's any perfect scenario. I was told by some senior sources that it had been well handled, that this is they had planned for this. So um, they were under control because they did not appreciate the word chaos being used because they didn't feel it was chaos. But obviously something like this does have an impact, pure and simple. But sure. um, hopefully they can keep going and get the series made because we want local productions and we want people in jobs. Well, it's one of those things that really brings people together, sharing a Netflix password. But the streamer <laughs> wants to end the practice. Trials are set to start in Chile, Costa Rica and Peru, where users who share passwords will be invited to set up two sub-accounts for an extra $2.99 a month. If it works in those countries, it is expected to be rolled out worldwide. Philip, is this Netflix just getting mean? I think it's Netflix doing what they were always, always going to do. You know, I, they, you know, they, they, they run a business. You know, I'm fortunate enough to perhaps be the other person for a couple of friends on various streaming services and... Uh, you know, I'm the beneficiary of that, but I do feel like I'm cheating them a little bit. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I cut up about it, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I fully understand why they're doing it. And you know, provided it's a pretty low entry price, I think people will wear it. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I don't do it, but these trials need to be technically very advanced, Robbo, because you want to know that if you're in a hotel or if you're at work or, you know, on public transport that you're not going to be suddenly penalised for using your Netflix account in other locations. Well, I was confused about the whole the way the whole program worked anyway. I, I wasn't sure how they were going to exactly police that kind of thing and exactly the way you say, Rob, with being in a hotel or being somewhere else. Uh, we're seeing a lot of hands here on our screen. Yes, Sarah and uh, Mark are ready to go. <laughs> yeah. How are they doing it uh, there, guys? So um, I know here in the States, it, uh, it, it can see five devices at a time. Um, so there's whole threads on Twitter um, and it talks about how people share their password and that person shares a password and shares a password and shares a password and the original person tries to log into Netflix and watch and they can't because it says you're currently using your five devices. And that includes yeah. like a cell phone, a tablet, your laptop, if you're in a hotel, whatever. So, like, Matt's parents and us share Netflix. Like, we pay for Netflix, they pay for Amazon. So, but we can go to a hotel and you can sign in as you. And it actually has the two things where you can sign in as, like, like parents and kids and you can have separate things. That way you can see what your list is and it doesn't share the list. So, if you're halfway through a show and, like, his parents are watching the same show, we don't – it doesn't yeah, show that profile. we've already watched that episode. Yeah. So um, that it can recognize five devices at a time. So if there's more than five devices, it'll start popping people off. 
the, the issue, Robbo, is that when um, you log into Netflix or Stan or Prime Video or whatever, not only does it record your IP address, it records the device that you're connected on. So if you are on your phone and you're on public transport, you're fine. If you're on your iPad or your laptop, and you've previously logged into them, you know, uh, wherever, you're fine. The real issue starts to become I've gone on, I'm in a hotel and I'm logging into the hotel's TV. That will be where you might get caught up. Um, or the fact that 17 people on Twitter have your Netflix password. And how do I connect to my printer? Right, so <laughs> at the back there's a round plug. Right, Turn right. it topwise. Thank you. And, and I've got to say, I don't have a problem with this, you know, um, you want to stream it, pay for it. You know, uh, it's it's as simple as that. Well, Logie and TV Black Box Award winner Bluey continues to take the world by storm. The animated series produced out of Brisbane has cracked the top 10 most streamed acquired series on Disney Plus in the US. Everyone's favourite blue healer beat huge programs like Downton Abbey, NCIS, sorry Sarah, and Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> the show has another 26 first-run episodes to where this year. Um, Sarah, is there anything this dog can't do? I don't know. Every time I meet anybody with a kid and they find out I'm Australian, likes to tell me about how their kid watches Bluey. Oh, it's Never a great it. show. Never seen it. Well, it, it will be the best seven minutes of your life, Sarah. Well, maybe not, <laughs> but, you know, it's a good seven minutes. Okay. It's very good. Either, but you can enjoy it as an adult. It, it's one of those unique shows that, that almost has a I don't know what a, a secret language for adults or something, you know. Are you smoking weed while you watch it? <laughs> <laughs> if you were to do that, Sarah, that's completely you, up to you. I know that the people who make Bluey um, up in uh, Brisbane Ludo Studios are super proud of what they're doing. It is absolutely a money machine for them. Uh, and the ABC, unlike with the bananas, are only getting a little bit of cash uh, because they didn't quite get on board with it like they probably should have. But, look, it is doing huge business around the world. Full credit to them all. Great. And uh, I know that they work really hard to make a, a, a great product that has translated globally. And we love a success story. This is the kind of stuff that I want to celebrate in the industry. It's, it's funny. I think sometimes we can be um, looked at like we get a bit down on the industry but I, I come back to this thing time and time again. If we didn't care, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. If we didn't care, we wouldn't get upset. The reason we get so passionate about what's going on in the industry and what we're seeing as viewers is because we care. We want the industry to thrive and what we don't want is to watch the slow death deterioration of Australian television when you see something like Bluey Mulk and it skyrockets because it did something different. Oh, and 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 the, I think you nailed it in part. Philip also mentioned it that it's absolutely a product for young people, for small yeah. young people. Um, however, they have managed to crack that that perfect little um, kind of recipe where parents can sit and watch it with their little people, or mm. even without them, and enjoy it themselves. Well, um, Philip the enjoys it by himself, by the sounds of it. <laughs> Me and the two dogs, actually, bro. <laughs> it's it's interesting that that the Wiggles and Bluey are like so well taken worldwide when Australia no longer has the content quota for you know kids viewing. Yeah, uh, presumably that will come back soon. Uh, that's going to be the big question, what comes back, whether it's just drama, wh whether drama comes back at all. But kids' TV presumably will, although there's certainly uh, 
Well, it'll come back for the ABC, presumably, won't it, guys? Uh, they don't have a quota. They make it anyway. They've got a whole channel devoted to it. Mm. Yeah, that's it. Well, to the ratings race now, where it's the same story as last week, with Married at First Sight miles ahead of the competition. Its consistent BVOD lift of over 40% on its already huge numbers saw 2,121,000 viewers on Sunday. 60 Minutes, as you would imagine, is also benefiting from that massive leading, pulling 592,000. Over to Seven Now, where Dancing with the Stars, All Stars, dropped slightly but stayed reasonably consistent with 491,000. SAS Australia slipped to its lowest numbers of the season on Monday with 313,000. And the AFL is back, bringing in reasonable numbers with 573,000 on Wednesday and placing them in first place on Thursday night. Look, it's more bad news for 10 as the project continues to slip. The Sunday project pulled in just 185,000 viewers at 6.30 and 265,000 at 7. That's its lowest numbers ever in that time slot. Starting with the low lead-in, Australian Survivor managed to pick up to 464,000 on Sunday and lifted slightly to 497,000 on Monday. Saturday night, though, was a disaster for 10, with their primary channel coming in seventh place with a share of just 4.1% behind SBS and 7Mate. On to the ABC, who continue to tussle for 10 for third place, Grand Designs New Zealand brought in massive numbers. Grand Designs New Zealand brought in an impressive 687,000 on Sunday night and 7.30 and Australian Story on Monday put them in second place in primetime behind nine. But the trouble continues for Q&A with just 168,000 viewers on Thursday. It's lowest numbers ever. Now that prompted a statement from the ABC defending the ratings. They noted that their average audience across metro and regional markets and on ABC iView is averaging 518,000 and that their iView audience grew by 70% in 2021. They also made mention of their YouTube channel amassing more than 4 million views in 2022. Oh wow, when you add everything in the world together, Aaron, we can get to 500,000 nationally. <laughs> wow! <laughs> what can you say to that? It's um, only nearly almost as good as SAS Australia. <laughs> Almost. Uh, look, like, seriously, the uh, 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 I've got to say, the statement the ABC sent out reeked, and I mean reeked, of an executive producer under pressure who knows his show's failing, the media are talking about it, he's gone, we're getting to 500,000, you've got to put that number out. If you add Metro and Regional and then Catch Up and then iView and then people who have grandmothers and people who walk dogs and listen to this, we'll get oh, to 500,000. Now, now, James Warburton, calm down. <laughs> did, they, did they copy and paste a statement from the project? <laughs> the Sunday project. Look, it is a bit unfortunate that it's the type of spin that you would expect from a commercial network. It's um, I expect more from the ABC. But in seriousness, the thing I don't like about it is, is if you're responding like that, then you're not learning. Um, ABC is basically ah, saying great pe point. people like Rob McKnight are full of crap. The show is, is going so well. We have all of these stats to prove it. La, and then, la, 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 la. And yeah, and it's the fingers in the ears. Um, but if you do that, there's no room for growth um, and to improve the show. And 
you know, they need to make some necessary changes and they need to evolve so that fans like myself that have been watching for over a decade and the ones that have watched and now left actually come back and actually um, improve those numbers. So that's just disappointing from the ABC to go down sort of the commercial network thing and say, you know, put all these stats in. They're not going to evolve and that might be the end of the show if they're going to do that. Aaron, that has to be the comment of the night because I think what you've just said comes back to the heart of some of the issues in Australian TV at the moment, and that is people get upset when you criticise their product. And this comes back to what I was talking about a moment ago. We do this because we care. But when they get called out, they don't learn. They don't think. They don't reflect. I had a go at the telethon last week. I received some nasty texts about that because I called it out and people said, we worked hard on that. I I have no doubt you did. But the end result was a subpar piece of entertainment. Raised a lot of money, well done. But it was subpar and the audience figures showed that. Q&A needs to stop defending itself and actually reflect on what's going on because the numbers aren't lying. It's not working. Philip, what does the ABC need to do for 2023? Would you drop Q&A, which is a good brand? I'd be loath to lose it, but it's not working. I wouldn't drop it, but but to my mind, in neon lights, it says that they, the, the people that they've lined up to host that show, the audience don't want. So they need to pull a rabbit out of the hat. They need to find a new host who will surprise and intrigue everyone. Who that is, I don't know, uh, and well, it's obviously an incredibly difficult thing to achieve. Philip, they, they, what they, about they, this? Rob's got an announcement. What if you give <laughs> 7.30 to Sarah Ferguson? She is widely tipped. She is among the top contenders. That means Tony Jones is coming home with his partner. Get him back. Return it to Monday nights. Get it back to the, what it was. People would take a look, wouldn't they, if Tony Jones returned to Q&A? Uh, yeah, I think I think that would uh, would certainly bring the loyal audience that have left back to at least check it out again. It worked with Carl to a degree. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did at first. They've got some wobbly troubles now, but it was working. No, it was. It, it, cre- it created an excitement, and we were talking earlier about redemption stories. You know, Carl's a redemption story. I'm sure Tony Jones doesn't need to be redeemed, but. Uh, he's a he's a, a proven success. So, yes, I think that's a genius idea, Rob. And I think your dogs are barking in agreement in the background. Well, They're watching Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> I think you buried the lead a little earlier, Rob, when you mentioned that 10 was seventh on Saturday night behind mm. Seven Mate. It wasn't just them. They were behind ABC News as well. Now, I will acknowledge that ABC News were running national coverage for the South Australian election result, which was over in two minutes um <laughs> but nonetheless it pulled big numbers bigger than 10's primary channel so that's a problem for them straight away yeah. and then just before they decided to go on their junket sorry uh trip over to perth the project <laughs> delivered their their sunday project uh from the sydney studios as they normally do and it delivered the lowest ratings for the sunday project ever like mm. And it's it's just it pains me. I agree that we we are concerned about our our beloved Australian television industry, and that in part is why we criticise because we care. 
to hear numbers like 313, 467 as acceptable for five city metro primetime figures is outrageous. Yes, that's the state of the industry. And I'm going to say in part because no one's offering up anything new and anything of substance. Yeah. Yeah, this is the problem, Mog. They they sit back and say, well, this is the state of the industry. What are you going to do? Uh, it's like riding the horse, not giving it water and being surprised when it drops dead. Oh, there's and at then least flogging three people. It, flogging it because it's not working. Get up, you lazy bastard, you know? <laughs> there's at least yeah. three people who care very deeply about what's happening on free-to-air broadcast television. Uh, and, you know, one of them is re- answering to their bosses in the US and the other two answer to their shareholders. Um if I was a shareholder of seven and nine, I'd be freaking outraged, quite frankly. And one thing I wanted to add by, you know, giving positive feedback is is 10 did that with the cheap seats. I um, mean, even though they didn't publicly say anything, they actually did listen to feedback. And I remember after the first one, two, three episodes, I, I remember, Rob, you were saying, you know, things about camera angles, things about this. It was an okay show, but they actually did make those changes um, and ratings actually improved. Um, and, mm. you know, it's actually coming back this year. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to take a look at it, Aaron, when it comes mm. back, because I did, I left it, I didn't go back to it, and I had a lot of hope for that show. You missed out. When it, yeah, mm. and, and hopefully I did, because when I go back to it for season two and take a look, I want to be knocked off my feet. I, I, I really do. I'm really hopeful, and I'm willing to give it another chance. Cool your jets there, mate. You're not going to be knocked off your feet, but it's a fun show. Yeah, and give credit to 10 for listening to feedback, though, because even though they, obviously they didn't say that publicly, but they actually took the specific comments that um, were made Working in the media. Off. Yeah, Sorry, I, I, I was, was going to make that point too there, Malky. It wouldn't be yeah. Channel 10 listening. It would be Working Dog because Channel 10 don't overly like to listen. Come on, let's give 10 some credit for something. Come on. Yeah, I, okay. I agree. Look, it doesn't matter where it came from. The fact is if the show did evolve and got better, great. And... I'm going to take a look and we'll see when we get to our binge box when the show's back on. Is it after Easter? I feel like it's getting close. I think so, right? yeah. Because yeah. I, th- I think they pair production now with Have You Been Paying Attention. Correct, yeah. Yes, that makes sense. Um, and, look, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. I would like to see it do well. Uh, all right. Thank you for that. Australian Television's Night of Nights is back after two years off our screens and replaced by the TV Black Box Awards. The TV Logie Awards are back and will be handed out on June 19 at the Gold Coast. Robert, this is exciting news. And, and you know what? This was a thing that always annoys me. The TV Black Box were, Awards were not having a go at the Logies. We were actually celebrating what the Logies were and we were stepping in to fill what I felt was a necessary void. I'm so excited the Logies are back. It's really exciting to have the Logies back. It's TV's Night of Nights for a reason, where you get to see all of our stars together. It, it's great to see the, the kind of car crash and cringeworthy elements that only the Logies can bring, and that's part Did of the magic of the Did you not watch of, the telephone, the Robbo? <laughs> oh, I watched that, yeah. No, but, it, yeah, but that was watching a car crash in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, a very good point, Rob. It's wonderful to have it back. And I'm actually excited to see uh, with these new producers that we spoke about a couple of weeks here on the podcast to see what they do and to see if there's any major difference that they can make to the telecast. It's been in a a bit of a decline for a a long, long time, and I'm excited. I'm not sure that the change from TV Week to this new events company overly will change the broadcast. I'm hoping that it does. Because it will still be 
someone nine. from Nine or, or, you know, doing the broadcast. Rob, oh. Robbo's looking for a gig. Do you know what I'd love to see? I, I would love to see them try a bit of variety and, and remember what we loved about the Logies. If they've got some 20-something producing it, this person isn't going to understand Correct. what people love about the Logies traditionally. 100%. Um, Abby, please don't look at me like that, as in 20-year-olds know. Uh, you know, 20-year-olds no. are great, great <laughs> enthusiasm, but they don't understand history of television. No, you say young to them, people today. You say to them, Correct. oh, Vince Sorrenti, they wouldn't have a clue who you're talking Nor about, should they. right? <laughs> um, Abby, again, you worked on Studio 10. Of course you know who Vince Sorrenti is. Uh, but, um, the simple fact is it needs to remember the roots of the Logies, make it fun, uh, have have variety and don't be ashamed of what the Logies is. Yeah, and nostalgia and history. Have mm-hmm. that part of it as well. You want to have the that. Logies, yeah, in the 90s. And it was like, it was so, I mean, I was a kid and, you know, I got to drink, you know, I got to have fun. And it was like the night where everybody, even if you're, you know, if anybody's just for the industry, if everybody in the industry gets to hang out with everybody else, all the people who work in Sydney and Melbourne and all the other cities get to come together, they get to see each other, they get to have fun and just, like, let their hair down. And it's the one night, where, like the telethon, where everyone's allowed to actually be nice to each other and not have to have their little rivalries. 100%. And we love that about the Logies, but that's great from an industry point of view but it also has to translate to a television point of view and of late it hasn't so well, that's what it needs to be trying to make do. it like the oscars which are boring as fuck and nobody watches so go back to having it like a variety show where there's some awards mm-hmm. tossed in yep couldn't agree more coming up the morning tv shuffle continues at 7 it takes two people to replace carrie on the project and dr no tv's most exciting rumor turns out to be all wrong all that and more as the tv binge box comes your way where we reveal what we've been watching right here on tv black box ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches. With Michael Pell dispatched to La La Land, there's been a few high-profile hatches at the Seven Network. Sarah Stinson, who is currently the executive producer of The Morning Show, will become the director of Morning Television. Sean Power, who is a senior producer with Seven News, will be the boss of Sunrise, and current managing editor of The Morning Show, Chloe Flynn, will become the program's executive producer. Not one, but two presenters will help cover the role of Carrie Bickmore. Following the Gold Logie winner's announcement that she's heading to the UK for a while, Network 10 has named Chrissy Swan and Georgie Tunney as the presenters who will sit in her chair. There's a new head of publicity at Seven. Kate Amphlett has been promoted to the top job after Susan Wood stepped down in 2020. Amphlett has been with the network for more than 16 years, working across news, entertainment, sports and Olympics. 
and actor Hugh Grant has closed the TARDIS door on speculation he will be the next Doctor Who. Following the departure of the latest Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, there were reports Grant had been approached, but he says he hasn't and has no idea where the story came from. He was asked to take up the role in 2004, but declined. Now, that's it for Hatches and Dispatches. Back to you, Rob. Sarah, I think you'll just need to do a pick-up on that last one. You said Doctor Who wrong. It's Doctor Hugh. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm devastated he's not taking that role because he... I I just thought it would be a great gimmick and I'm still not ruling it out. I think we can point to one of the six people on this podcast who started the rumour. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time to find out what everyone's been watching as we open... The TV binge box. (laughs) Philip. Look, I've been watching a lot and um, I'm fast realising I'm like the nerd on the panel, but I'll continue with that theme tonight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I caught a show last night on SBS called Royal Histories, Myths and Secrets. It's presented um, by a historian called Lucy Worsley, which all sounds really boring. But she's crazy and fun and she wears fancy dress and she drives tanks and tells you the most crazy shit about the royal family or the Russian Revolution. Who knew that it was started by women and that Lenin wasn't even on the scene? Anyhow, less of that, but it's well worth a watch. And, (laughs) you know, she is definitely the history teacher we all wanted at school and not because she's hot but because she's fun. Um. Uh, the other show, another show I've been watching is FBI Most Wanted, which had a really huge episode this week, which was the lead character, um, Jess LaCroix, played by Aussie Julia McMahon, left. Uh, so without giving too many spoilers away, he won't be back. It's a fantastic episode. I actually think it's a really great crime procedural show. Um, he's going to re- be replaced by Dylan McDermott, which will be interesting, and he'll appear on our TV screens in a couple of weeks. So um, that's definitely one to watch. Uh, I also caught Series 6 which is of Outlander, which has just dropped on Foxtel. The first five series um, are on Netflix. Uh, and it, it's just a fantastic show. It combines time travel, romance, um, history, and I'd highly recommend that one. And the show that I've absolutely binged on has been the Andy Warhol Diaries, um, which is this amazing documentary on Netflix. Uh, Andy Warhol died in 1987. He was, of course, the Prince of Pop and all that stuff, Campbell's Soup Cans, and had a really fascinating life. Where this is really interesting is they've used an AI program. So it's actually uh, an AI program of his voice running throughout the documentary and a model with an AI program has transformed into Andy Warhol's. Oh, wow. Walking and talking through the whole documentary, and it sort of blows your mind because it is just like Andy Warhol has come back to life. Uh, So if you're a fan of pop culture, don't go past that. You know, he's the guy that they say said invented 15 minutes of fame. He, of course, didn't say that. That's just another myth, but uh, he certainly co-opted that phrase and lived it. Hmm. 
Okay, Mark, what have you been watching? Been watching heaps, Rob, and I got to tell you, as we head into the uh, final stretch for Married at First Sight, I have some very clear views about the pairings as they line up. And after tonight's episode, expect a little five tweet tweet storm from Mark on his uh, verdict <laughs> on those relationships. And let me tell Mark, you, they're not all great. Uh, Mark, but- it's really interesting. Uh, remaths, if yes. I may, because that is certainly on my list, and um, I've just thrown my rule book out about not watching every episode, and I've jumped in. That's good. Um, and I think last week we talked about the nude photo scandal, and might have mm. said why is it an issue? Uh, I can't believe what Domenica is having to go through, and what I really do admire this year is the experts, the way they're not taking the bullshit from these contestants and they're calling them out. I think they're off the leash a little bit and my admiration for them is through the roof. I think they have been brilliant. And they really, and they really needed to because their role on the show had been called into question so many mm. times. Yeah. Um, I mean, they finally stepped up to the level of pert at the moment. I'm not quite sure they're experts, but you know, they're working <laughs> their way up there. Uh, Married at First Sight, of course, is on nine and nine now if you want to catch up like Rob is about to do, of course. Um, right across the circus, I missed John Oliver this week. I'm glad that they all had a week off. Um, I am sick into Billions. The latest series of Billions on Stan has been just some riveting television. And I thought that with uh, old mate Damien leaving at the end of last season that, oh, it's going to be just a whatever. No, no, they've absolutely lifted uh, the writing, the performance, everything about Billions has just, I don't know, they've changed gears and ramped it up. It's really, really good. Uh, And so glad to hear that I've got another season coming for us next year. Um, I, I want to talk very quickly, Rob, if I may, about two things and they're both Mm -hmm. previews. Um, there's a series running on Disney Plus right now called The Dropout. You'll remember I spoke about We Crashed last week about this mm. couple that, you know, built up the WeWork empire and that absolutely just pissed it all away to the point where they got pushed out with a $156 million balloon. But here's your parachute. Go have a good life. And everyone else got nothing. Um, there's a similar story about a young uh, college woman who grew up and started her own business with the theory that she would be able to, she had created this box with the right boffins that could take a drop of your blood and run tests for just about everything. And so like a finger prick of blood would allow them to check to see if you had heart disease or diabetes or all of these sorts of things. It was going to revolutionise healthcare. It was a lie. Uh, And the building up of that empire and how they then got found out and what that meant, phenomenal. An absolutely incredible tale. It's the dropout on Disney+. Plus, Rolling out week to week. I think we're three or four episodes in right now. Uh, And it's super, Mm. super good. I'm just addicted to these people who... I guess fly too close to the sun and then fall fall apart. It's been brilliant. Um, the other one I want to give you a bit of a heads up on, coming in a couple of weeks' time, Underbelly Vanishing Act. Oh, yeah. Um, I managed to race through the first episode on preview today. That'll be on nine when it comes out. And, look, I think that Kate Atkinson does a fine job in the Melissa Caddick role. They do not muck around. Like the opening scene is, oh, and by the way, they found my running shoe with my foot in it. And it's a little bit graphic and uh, launches straight into the story from there. Uh, 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 The performances are are great. It's pretty pacey. I'm really keen to see what's in episode two, given what they cover off in episode one. Um, 
I just hope, I don't think they'll go there, but I just hope that they don't make up this is how Melissa vanished because we don't know yet. She's still alive. Um, well, You heard it here first. She's that's still my alive. bet, Robbo. Quite honestly, <laughs> yep. I'm not a conspiracy theorist and I reckon you can live without a foot. Yep. Absolutely you can in this day and age. And I bet you that that's where they're headed. That's what they're going to suggest. Uh-huh. But we'll see what lands with it. I totally recommend it. It was meant to be four episodes. They've squished it together in two movie-length episodes. Yeah. Sunday the 3rd, Monday the 4th of April, uh, 9. They're coming up. That'll be coming off the back of, I think, the Merit at First Sight, like, final commitments. So it'll be just uh, watch Channel 7 and 10. Just run nothing. They'll probably run the friggin' logos. Because that's all that we'll get the eyeballs for. Um, it's going to be pretty huge. The other thing I'll throw in quickly, we watched Turning Red for my daughter's birthday uh, on Saturday, and it is a delightful film from Disney Pixar. Check it out on Disney+. Plus. Turning Red, 10 points. All the panda tales from Malk. Thank you, Malk. Robbo. <laughs> um, I've been watching uh, Big Mouth on Netflix. I adore this show. I also like watching it with my parents in the room because they'll giggle at some parts of it and other parts will be like, oh, no, that's just too disgusting. I can't love that. Yeah, it's, oh, that's terrible. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm loving it. <laughs> I also quickly watched a little bit of Home and Away last night and I'm worried that they haven't paid the electricity bill. Why is every <laughs> single set so dark? Even daytime. So there's there's very bright lights for daytime outside, but inside every single set is like it's lit by candlelight. I mean, I know we've got budget cuts, but this is this is just a little bit ridiculous. Have a look at it next time. Everything, unless it's outside, is very very dimly lit. I'm worried. Sarah, are you done, Robert? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so <laughs> just making sure. Maybe it's mood lighting. Um, oh, it's too weird. No. I watched um, Inventing Anna on Netflix, um, which I think she's currently fighting extradition in real life. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched some of Life and Beth on Hulu, um, which is Amy, what's her face? Um, Schumer? It's, yeah, it's not great. It's, it's okay. Like I wouldn't run out and watch it, Um, but it's good background TV. Um, we started watching Offspring on Netflix today. The Australian series we, Offspring. The Australian series. I told you there's an entire thing on Netflix US that is just Australian I'm more gobsmacked that you haven't seen it. I'd never seen it. And by about the fifth it's episode, Matt said, can we turn that off now, please? Yeah. <laughs> I, never, I never saw it back I in the day I never watched it either. No, me no it's, it's, um, it's average. And then um, oh, on YouTube. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what? We're not having a discussion about offspring. No, just take just it as a comment, Mark, and move on. Um, on YouTube, there was full episodes with the disclaimer that it was only to be watched outside of Australia, so it was geo-blocked within Australia, which was lovely, uh, was The 100 with Andy Lee, because I had never seen that either, and I watched a couple of those, and that was actually quite funny. Oh, the 100's a great show. Great nice show. Nice to see someone doing something illegal to spread the word. <laughs> no, she is outside the States. No, 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 no. It said uh, you, it was only, could only be watched outside of Australia. So I guess that they weren't, someone had put it up, like, or maybe 10 had put it up, but, or whatever network it's on, nine. Nine. I don't know. Nine. And, but it, it was, it had a thing to say that it could be shown overseas. So I guess they have licensing or whatever that it could be shown overseas, but it could not be shown within Australia. Cool. What so. was your point, Mark? What have I missed? Oh, I just meant that it, of course, that's the best way to cover your butt. If you're a YouTuber that wants to get lots of clicks on your account and subscriptions, hmm. you get a TV show from a net, from a place that isn't showing anywhere else, and then you just block it from showing in the country where it's being broadcast and made. Ta-da! Gotcha. Instant hit. 
Gotcha. I'm not complaining because I finally got to watch it. So okay, um, I haven't watched a lot. I, I caught up a bit on the story of late night, but um, uh, and I watched maths as I mentioned. Uh, but I have discovered a new show on Netflix called Is It Cake, where <laughs> they literally make cakes to look like real things like shoes, tacos, uh, money bags. What? what? <laughs> I'm getting a very strange face there. But um, uh, and the, the the game is you've got to pick which one's the real one and which one's the cake. Yeah, can I just cut? I saw a promo for this. Yeah. Apart from being interesting for about ten minutes, how does it really, you know, make itself last for a whole series? No, no, it holds. It it, it actually mm. holds really okay. well because the way they do it is they then have to. First of all, the cooks, the cake makers, have to play a game where they pick which one is the cake and which one is real. Then the winners of that then get to make the cakes in the next round where they have to make it look real. And then three judges have to choose which they think is real and which one is the cake is because they're trying real? to find out, <laughs> is it cake? Yeah. There's an entire food network that has shows that <laughs> question whether it's real, like Supermarket Sweep. We need to rename this podcast, Is It TV? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I like that. Hey, the project is in WA. So um, just before we were... Uh, coming to record, I, I wanted to take a look and and because I couldn't see it last night, uh, so I took a look today. I only got to see about the first segment, so I'm I'm not judging the full content. It looked great. I, I got to say, the way they did that studio is the way all outside broadcasts should be done. This was really well thought out. They've created a portable studio with the tinted glass that allows the beautiful city to be shown. They've been able to go up to a hill. So, you know, when you see a lot of broadcasts, they're in the city or they're in the studio and you're not really seeing where they are or you're seeing some generic buildings, they found an observation site where you can see Perth. And it was a glorious day. It looked amazing. I like the new graphics package. And what I did like about the first segment, and I don't know if this was a departure because uh, because they couldn't pre record so much but the hosts actually had a conversation and that's where I've always thought the project is at its best they had Adam Gilchrist uh, on the panel and so there was a lot happening that was relating back to him and, and able to have a conversation with him about and I come back to it the best episode of the project ever was the night the EBS went out and they couldn't replay stories or the interviews they'd pre-recorded, and they just had to talk essentially for an hour. That was the best episode. And what I saw in that first 10 minutes last night was great TV. I really enjoyed it. They're working them hard, Rob. They're making them pay for it because they're also making them back up and do a live West Australian time episode version of the, the project as well. Ah, uh, very, very interesting. That was my next question because obviously Perth people would know that it's dark outside and it's bright sun. Good call. Good call for them to yeah. do that. Whoever was behind the production and producing of this outside broadcast really did think about it, and I appreciate that. I did get someone on Twitter telling me they did a very long, boring interview with Mark McGowan, and I said, well, that's probably just paying the bills because it was probably uh, WA Tourism that paid for them to go out there. I want to take more of a look because I've been down on the project, because, and that comes back to I think it can be so much better. But what I saw 
in that first 10 minutes last night was really, really good, and I liked it. Um, uh, outside of that, uh, there's a couple of things I just I saw Frozen again with the family, uh, the musical performance. I know it's not TV, but it's based off a movie that you can watch on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, we had a weekend. In is it Brisbane. TV? I Sorry? Yeah, yeah. Is it TV? <laughs> yeah, good question. But I went on the Channel 7 Ferris wheel up at Southport, South Bank in Brisbane, and uh, oh, I love that. That was very fun. And and they had Max Fucher, Fucher um, doing some narration about all the things in the city. They don't and own it. I just wanted it. to make this point. We're a week later and Byron Bay's... Can you hear those crickets? No one's talking about it. It's still it's on. They're trending. still broadcasting you it. You are. Oh, it's still there. It'll be there for eternity. Yeah. Netflix own it. But this thing has died faster than a 24-hour moth. 24 like, moths? <laughs> you know, a moth that lives for 24 hours had more of a life than Byron Bay's. Mm. Mm. No, we got it. Say. Yeah, no, we got it. We didn't need the extra explanation. Big shout out to Kim in Lou, who's listening. We appreciate you uh, tuning in. And then I had to think, is it a moth that only lives for 24 hours? I, I love it. I love it, though. Yeah. So, so the moth lives for 24 hours? Only lives yeah. for 20. It's a firefly, isn't it? Fireflies yeah. live for 24 hours. Is it TV? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I would argue Byron Bays is not. Aaron, what yeah. have you been watching? <laughs> Excellent. By the way, Rob, that beautiful spot in uh, WA in Perth for the project is Kings Park. So, yeah, it's, it's an absolutely beautiful um, tourist spot in Perth. Um, I often go there just to have fish and chips and um, look over the city. It's a beautiful spot. So they, they Well, tomorrow a- night you'll have to go and watch the project and, and take some video and do a behind-the-scenes report, Aaron. I'm so sure I'm g- they'll welcome you. Just say, I'm from TV <laughs> Black Box. They'll open up the studio. You'll be more Wide open. Welcome. So I, might, I might say I'm from somewhere else, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I've actually watched the project a few times when I've been over. Uh, oh, you're the over you're East. the one. Sorry, yeah. sorry, that was bitchy. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Can we gobble right. gobble that comment? <laughs> oh no. What have I been watching? So um, I've been watching the Weakest Link, the US version with Jane Lynch because it's back for a second season. I love that. I, I, I've always loved the Weakest Link, and that Jane Lynch is uh, awesome. So that's back for a second season. What what streaming service is that on? Oh no, not again! <laughs> not again! We're I Facebook live it. The <laughs> I, I just turn my TV on, and he watches Facebook Live with me. Oh, they, Sarah's revealed. So that's what we. We do. We, Sarah and I do a bit of a FaceTime and I watch the episodes with Sarah. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, so that's that show. I've been watching Australia Behind Bars, so I've finished the season now. Um, it was quite good. Um, people have to realise it is a glimpse into a prison. It's not how a prison's actually run. It's a, it's a small glimpse. The only thing I have to say, you know, because people know that I'm into schedules and, and programming and stuff like that. I mean, the way nine... Uh, schedule shows for different markets is it's really terrible so all all eight episodes have been seen in melbourne adelaide and perth but it was pulled after episode five in sydney and brisbane because of the nrl has come back on thursday nights um they've done the same with things like bondi vets space invaders mega zoo country house hunters australia channel nine there is a thing called a multi-channel it's called nine gem you just play it on Nine gem when you know the NRL's on anyway. Well, maybe they don't feel that it fits on those channels, or they're saving it for when they need it on in those markets. 
You would think that, but ones like Megazoo, there was 10 episodes last year. They didn't screen them. They waited till summer. But, of course, in summer, they only screened five or six episodes. They still haven't finished the season. What do they do? Spoilers. All of the animals lived. Oh. I thought we didn't do spoilers on this show. Anyway, um, (laughs) two other shows. uh, Of course, I'm going to mention. I'm like Sarah with NCIS. So my things are SAS. Um, But... If there's only two more episodes and then the reunion. But I want to tell you what one thing I love about this show, and it's as we move into the final next week, there is more females left than males. Um, so on this show, a lot of people think it's all about muscles and stuff like that, and in, in some part it is about fitness. But the qualities of grit and determination, pressure, character, resilience and courage are just as important, and women have it in droves. And it just shows on this show that all these muscly men, a lot of them are gone. Um, and just and couldn't hack it. And these strong, strong women have remained uh, in the show. And now there's more women than men left. So I just think that's that's awesome. And hopefully, mm. an, an encouragement. But a bloke will win. <laughs> Following Sarah's will, a bloke will win. Possibly, uh, but women can't have one... redemption. Only blokes. <laughs> oh, that was a callback, Mulk. You took a chance there. That was a long callback. I'm like, this doesn't sound like woke, Mulk. Elephantine memory. <laughs> I haven't previewed the last episode yet, but I mean, I think the AFL girl would have a uh, have a good chance of actually getting. And the last one I wanted to mention was, and you know how I consistently stay with the program so i've continued to watch would i lie to you so four episodes down episode one was average episode two was crap episode three was average but episode four this week the one that just aired last night was actually quite funny and i'm wondering it could it be finding its groove um Possibly, possibly not. I don't know. But it was actually quite a funny episode last night. And the ratings have been staying above 300, which Morgan said is obviously not good. But in the industry that we're in today, if you're, if you're after 8.30, 9 o'clock and scoring over 300,000, that is considered good. But um, Yeah, you know what? I'm going to – here you go. I'm going to say for an 8.30, 9 o'clock show – Fine. There are some shows at 7.30 getting that kind of figure. So if it's getting that at 8.30, 9 o'clock, I'm going to give it a pass. The biggest problem you have, Aaron, uh, and it's like the cheap seats, is that Australian audiences now, you need to knock their socks off, knock them off their feet from episode one. There isn't a lot of give. There isn't a lot of time to bet in a show. People expect you to come out of the gate fast. Yeah. There's been obviously some exceptions to that rule. Have you been paying attention, obviously, when that started on Sunday night? literally nobody watched it. It was getting close to zero. But they, they stuck with that show and, and look what happened. I, I'm not sure that that's necessarily going to happen to what I lie to you because it's going to be finished in a couple of weeks. And obviously, have you been paying attention? We'll come back. So are people going to remember it in a year's time and return it? I don't know. But it, it was obviously finding its feet. Um, and I thought episode four was quite funny. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. My thanks to Mulk, Aaron, Philip, Robbo and Sarah. Abby Mickelson wrote and produced this episode, but Robbo did most of the work. (laughs) And that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. We'll have more exclusives at tvblackbox.com.au. And don't forget, it's the place people in the TV industry get their news. We'll see you next week. Love you, Abby. Some assistance. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.